Welcome to the Digital Dreaming Off the Gridiron Podcast. It is your host, Asif Lee. I'm joined today by my co-host with the most, Mr. Cortez Branch. Cortez, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing real good. Yes, sir. Yeah, the third time you bat you on the show, so you know, and we got we got we had to go for the trifecta, especially after this weekend. WWE action, oh, yeah. obviously, we're gonna lead off with NFL action, starting off with uh, my San Francisco 49ers with a 37-15 defeat over the Carolina Panthers. Um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, 18 of 30 for 253 yards, two touchdowns. Jeff Wilson Jr., 120 yards rushing, you know, touchdown. Kittle finally got back from that, you know, that injury. So, you know, 40, 47 yards receiving. Debo obviously, you know, came up big as well with a touchdown. So, I mean, the Juwan Jennings also looked really good, good yesterday. I mean, there's a lot of great, you know, there's a lot of great reasons to be a lot of reasons to be excited as a Niners fan you know, for this team, but you know, also I want to talk about the flip side of the coin. You know, this this you know this breaking news that Matt Rule got fired today from the Carolina Panthers. I mean, he went eleven and twenty seven. You know, his three years as head coach over there, and um, you know, I mean, the team that they lost to. I mean, we we're talking about this before, before we started recording, but you know, in my opinion, I mean, the the Carolina so the Carolina Panthers. You know, with Baker Mayfield, I mean, they didn't really have too much of an offense and defense to really kind of put Matt Rule, especially a quarterback, right? That that put Matt Rule in a in a situation to win. And, you know, I mean, you look at the last three seasons, I mean, they, it's been a carousel, right? I mean, they had, yeah. uh, they, had they had Kyle Kyle Allen, they had Cam Newton, then they had, you know, obviously they traded for Dad Darnold, right? They traded for Darnold last year. And then they had Baker Mayfield, right? Or Darnold, I guess, two years ago, whenever it was, right? And then Baker Mayfield this last year. I mean, so it's, it's just been like, you know, a, a carousel of QBs and, you know, their, their GM, you know, I mean, I'm not really too sure, too sure what to say about Tepper, right? But Kind of let me get your thoughts. I mean, kind of, you know, first, you know, I don't know if you saw the game, but obviously if you saw it, you know, if you have any thoughts on that, but, you know, obviously on the firing of, of Matt Rule, I mean, obviously it was long overdue, but to make a coaching for the change this, this uh, early in the season, it's kind of, it's kind of unprecedented. Um, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a head coach fired within four games of the NFL season, maybe college. <laughs> yeah. That's better. Um. Let's see if I can adjust this a little bit more. Okay, yeah, got ripped that logo on Worthy Club. We out here. Oh baby. yeah, Unworthy Club. Yeah. Yes, sir. So, like, I really just feel like I feel like they messed up, and they yeah. knew they messed up. And instead of letting it drag out for an entire season, they wanted to just go ahead and cut their losses. Right. Which I get it, but it's kind of like the Panthers don't stand a chance to do much of anything now. Like if they magically just got better because they fired the coach, I'd be surprised. hundred percent. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, Baker Mayfield has been just abysmal all year. He's, he's I was watching on his field this morning. I didn't know this, but he's last in the league in QBR. Um, he's just, I mean, he's, I think he's 25th something overall, maybe in like, I think every category statistically, um, if not that last. Right. And I mean, just, I mean, Christian, C-Mac, obviously, you know, McCaffrey's been great, you know, coming out of the backfield and also being, you know, the receiving threat, the dual threat that he is. But, I mean, it's – it's it, it, Baker Mayfield it, as your quarterback is is not a – it's not it's not a situation, you know, where, where, where you're basically priming yourself to win. I mean, I know they made the uh, the coordinator now. I mean, I forgot his name, but, I mean, basically, they made the coordinator now the interim head coach, right, um, for the last 13 games of the season. 
um or is it 13 no 12 games because 57 yeah because we're because now in week six coming up yeah, so week six now week six now so i mean it's um it's it's interesting to see i mean you know you're right it's kind of unprecedented to see a coach fired you know this early i honestly thought they should have made this decision you know in the off season but i guess they thought that you know maybe baker mayfield would have would have you know turned the ship around for matt but you know i mean I, sometimes they say hey sometimes the cold change is barely than never i know when mike nolan was fired you know, and Mike Singletary is brought in, you know, that was kind of the, the first foundation of, of, of kind of the lane, it was the first kind of step to lay the foundation of what would be the early 2010 uh, Niners squad, you know, that basically made the three NFC championship games and Super Bowl under Jim Harbaugh, right? Because Mike Singletary was able to kind of assemble a great defense, um, a great, you know, kind of team around, you know, around, uh, you know, around both Alex Smith and just around like, you know, a, a solid run game. And that became the 49ers identity. And, and basically now it's the same identity. I mean, you know, a solid run game, great defense, um, you know, an, a subpar QB. But I mean, ultimately, I mean, like, you know, when he when he needs to play, I mean, he's been playing. You know, I've been basically seeing a lot of Niners fans on Twitter. They've been giving, they're, they're, you know, they're giving Jimmy props finally, you know, for how well he played this this week. But they've also, I've mostly some who say, oh, you know, I mean, because he played against such a lowly opponent, you know, we shouldn't be like, you know, getting too excited. And I can see from both ends, but, you know, to put things in perspective, I mean, all of our all the divisional opponents in the NFC West, meaning the Seattle Seahawks, the Arizona Cardinals, and the Los Angeles Rams, lost over the weekend, and the Niners were only yeah. team to win. So now yeah. the Niners have a one game cushion in the NFC West. You know, so I mean, it, it's definitely big. It's definitely big. Yeah, I mean the, the 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 so the 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 part that really gets me is Seattle and Denver. Like, what are these teams? Denver has absolutely no identity. <laughs> right. Seattle, Seattle just lost another quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater's done for now. Like him not being in that game pretty much just lost them that whole game the other night. Oh, oh, oh you're talking about Miami. Miami Dolphins. Yeah, my, my bad. Miami. Yeah. Um, they have Gino in uh, Seattle. Yeah. He just went to bed that day. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, Gino went in the bed. Why is my lighting acting crazy? I'm going to fix this. Yeah, there we go. We're going to fix this lighting. No, absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. There G- we go. Gino, Gino went in the bed the other day is probably one of the worst examples that I've seen in a long time of a quarterback just, like, having it all and then just, like, dropping it all off. Right. And it's like, you have DK Metcalf. And I know you play fantasy football. I play fantasy football as well. You know, keeps us connected uh, in, a lot, in a lot of ways when it comes to not put, actually being on the field. And uh, DK, DK doesn't put up any impressive numbers this year. Whose fault is that? Is it DK's fault or is it the offensive coordinator's fault? Or is it the quarterback's inability to get him the ball? I would hazard a guess say it's probably all three. They're probably a combination of all of them. I personally feel like Denver is, until Denver can figure out the fact that they have three Receivers that are either number one caliber or number two caliber and getting them all the ball, Denver's going to be trash. Yeah. 
Not to mention Russell Wilson's injured. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it makes it it makes it kind of difficult. It makes it kind of difficult for me to 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 think that they're gonna do anything important. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, DK's numbers, you know, I mean, 88 yards and a touchdown, not bad. Last week against Detroit, we know seven receptions for 149 yards, no good. But then the previous three games, 64 yards, 35 yards, 36 yards, and a combined one touchdown in the first three games open up the year. So he's on the regular season, 372 yards, 28 receptions, and two touchdowns so far through five games. So definitely mediocre. Um, you know, I mean, your points are very, are valid. You know, I think another kind of issue with, with Denver is, um, well, sorry, this is Seattle, but moving on to Denver to your other point, you know, I think Nathaniel Hackett is just, he's, he, he, he's, he's not a good situational play caller. You know I mean? First year head coach, right. First year quarterback, you know, like you said, three starting receivers, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy's on my fantasy team. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, Hamler, Hamler, right. You saw him throw his helmet down in the last game when they lost. Um, against the Raiders, um, you know, I, I, I really think that, you know, this team is going to continue to struggle um, under Wilson and under Hackett this season. I think this team is really struggling, like you said, to find their identity. Um, you know, Miami, obviously, like, you know, they're limping along, right? Teddy Bridgewater being out, you know, that's why they got, they got, they got, they got thromped. <laughs> I don't even know that's a word, but they, they, they got, they got, they got stomped for sure, you know, by, by the Jets yesterday. Right. And, um, yeah. you know, but, I mean, Seattle, obviously, like, yeah, Gino, Gino's having a good season, but, you know, I think, you know, the playmakers, you know, I mean, the Seattle will be winning a lot more games if Gino was making the plays to help them win the game. You know, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm agreeing with you 100%. You know, and Russell Wilson, ultimately, like, you know, I mean, he made the plays to help the Denver Broncos beat the Niners, but the Niners basically played down to the competition in, in week, week three. Yeah. Week three. And um, I'm looking forward, you know, I wish that we were going to play them again, <laughs> but you know, I mean, I'm looking forward to the you know, next two games, I guess against now, obviously against the Atlanta Falcons, you know, and um, hopefully, you know, we get, we get, we get a pretty solid win. I mean, we have some injuries on the season, obviously Emmanuel Mosley's out um, for the season. Um, but you know, we got Jason Vera coming back. Uh, you know, we got a lot of other, you know, you know, Lenore obviously can, you know, can step up. Uh, Jimmy Ward should be back. Actually, Jimmy Ward broke his hands. So I'm not sure if he's going to come back. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of depth. There's Ambry Thomas as well, you know, um, you know, uh, so we definitely have, we definitely have players, you know, um, and we have depth. So, you know, we might, we, we might use Atlanta as a tune-up game before Kansas city comes to Levi's, you know, in two weeks. So, I mean, you know, there's, uh, you know, I, 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 are trending upwards. I think Seattle is trending downwards. Denver is trending downwards. Um, Miami, obviously with the injury bug, definitely get trend downwards. Um, you know, let's talk about your Chicago bears. I mean, they were looking pretty good the first three weeks when they beat my Niners in that opener. And then, uh, you know, they lost to Minnesota, obviously a great game. You know, it went down to, you know, last possession, last minute, 29, 22, you know, Minnesota got the win now four and one first place, in the NFC North, but, you know, Justin Fields has been has been kind of a surprise in the both kind of you know on the good side and the bad side. You know, this season. So I mean, the Bears so are two and three. So, the, yeah, the last couple of games, aside from the Green Bay game, we saw even in the Green Bay game, honestly, we saw Justin Fields be great. Yeah, we saw him make throws that we didn't think that he could make. We saw him get out of situations that we didn't think he can get out of. He showed his strength. He showed his leadership. The Bears have a problem in the front office. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bears front office is 
completely terrible. The Bears' ownership is terrible. Yeah. Um, the Bears, the Bears didn't make an effort to get a number one wide receiver, and they let Adam Robinson go to where he's doing what? Nothing in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Like you went to Los Angeles thinking that you were going to repeat for a Super Bowl. That's why you went. Yeah. But you forgot that Cooper Cup is the main target. One hundred percent. What could, like I don't know if you have the numbers in front of you, but if you could pull up the numbers for me. Oh, absolutely. What What is Cooper Cup's average targets per game this season? Well, I'll tell you. I mean, off memory, when they played us last week, he had they targeted him sixty-seven times on the Monday night game. Sixty-seven. <laughs> sixty-seven times in one game. If I'm not mistaken, or yes, some something around that. So. Let me see. Cooper Cup. I have his stats, but I want to pull. I, I want to see his actual targets. I don't give it. I don't care about the receptions or because he's going to get good numbers, but I want to see his targets throughout the season. So let's go to ESPN. Okay. So on the season, 49 receptions, 52 yards, 10.8 yards per reception. That's great. But where's the target? Targets. Yeah. So versus the NFC, he's at 49 targets, 29 in October, 39 at home. So I need like the full. Yeah, he's at, sorry, I apologize. 64 targets on the season in the last five games. And he's at How many hours. pass attempts does, does, um, does, Stafford. does Matthew Stafford have? Yeah, let's check that. So Matt Stafford on the season. So, yeah, I got to pull it up again. Give me one moment. Okay. Stafford on season is attempting. Jeez, it's a lot. Okay. 134 out of 192. So he has a pretty high completion percentage around 69.8% for, for 1323 yards, but five touchdowns, seven picks. I think he's leading the league in picks. If he's not, if he's not his top top two, top so three. We sure. are, so we're just under 50% of the pass attempts go to Cooper Cup. that's that's astronomical yeah that's an astronomical number oh that's like high school football Oh my god. If 50 if 50% of pass attempts are aimed at Cooper Cup or at least in his general direction, which they are, then why would anyone think that they were going to receive a better opportunity in Los Angeles? Any number one wide receiver. It's just it's just a problem. And that's their main problem. Their main problem is teams have figured out we can win games if we let him throw the ball to Cooper Cup. Because no one else will be involved in the offense. The tight ends don't have great numbers in Los Angeles. Nope. Matter of fact, they're, the tight ends in the league this year have horrible numbers. Yeah. The, t- the tight end position is quickly becoming the fullback position. Oh, yeah. The almost non-existent position in modern football. 
I should say the modern NFL. I shouldn't say modern football because that's kind of like an understatement. But yeah. the 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 in modern in modern the NFL, the fullback position is almost a non-position. Right. So I want to I want to go and say that the Bears need a wide receiver. If the Bears had a wide receiver, for example, last week's game against Minnesota, the Bears had the Minnesota Vikings beat. All you got to do is go out of bounds. Yeah. What was he doing? <laughs> There's a minute left on the clock. You catch the ball in, in the red zone. Go out of bounds. I repeat, you have giant linemen with a minute on the clock. Go out of bounds. I don't get it. The Packers are mad because they keep getting beat. But let's face it, they're not that good. 100%. If the Bears had a wide receiver, they would have beat the Packers too. Absolutely. It's 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 ridiculous. This this all of this is ridiculous. All of it. It's all dumb. Like I'm I'm almost I'm almost pissed at how dumb the NFL season has been this year. <laughs> you have people you have people on the internet talking crap about my man Tom. Talking crap about my man Tom. Oh, Tom Brady's washed up. The man threw for 400 yards. And might I remind you, he has seven. Seven. He has more rings than some people have fingers. Seven. What mistake did Tom Brady make? He didn't throw any picks. No lost fumbles. He threw for almost 400 yards, got four touchdowns. Why? Why did he lose that game? That's what happens in football sometimes. I get it. But these people just want to say stupid things to get people going because, yeah, he's got a problem with his wife right now. A lot of people have had problems with, with, their, with their family members, their wives, their daughters, their, you know, whatever, you know, because playing sports takes you away from them because you have to dictate time to play sports to work out for the sports and if you're famous you have to do appearances you have to do shows you have to fulfill your endorsements you have to shoot videos i stepped away from football for over two years because you know my ex wanted me to step away from football to be more of a father at home It, it wasn't what caused our breakup because I did it. I stepped away. I'm not Tom Brady. I regret it every day. I regret losing two, three years from my career. Three years. I lost three years from my career. And I only played football in championship games. I, I regret it. 
Yeah. I turned 35 on Wednesday and I would, I kind of wish I was 32. I guarantee you that Terrell Owens will say the same thing. Yeah. I guarantee you that David Montgomery was, he was two years younger. I guarantee you that Saquon Barkley wishes he was two years younger. Oh, yeah. I, I guarantee <laughs> you Reggie Bush wishes he was 30. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jerry Rice has talked about it. Deion Sanders has talked about it. They would love to be 25 again and playing in this league today. With the team Tom Brady has behind him, with the ability he still has, the fact that everyone else is injured, he isn't. Talk about him. Secondly, and I'm going to say this, and I think that you can agree with me. Nobody likes the refs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Nobody likes referees. At yeah. any point in time, no one likes referees because the exact same referees that will call a play that you enjoyed will be the same referees that make you hate your life. 100%. And will make you hate them. And I just want to actually now, we can talk about, you know, the call of the weekend um, against your guy, Tom. You know, Tom obviously, you know, bounced back from that almost 400-yard game, a loss against Kansas City by, by rebounding and beating the Falcons this weekend at home, you know, a pretty convincing win. Um, you know, ultimately, you know, the one call near the end where Grady Jarrett actually gets a sack uh, on third down and he basically when he's going to the ground he actually you know he actually cushions tom brady's fall by actually rolling tom over his body you know as he goes down so he's turning and he's rolling him with him and he's not exerting his body weight on tom brady which has now basically been banned by the nfl because in the 80s where my last guest randy cross used to play <laughs> you know in that era exactly. and, you know um you could there was it, it was it was basically it was basically murder for hire, right? Basically anyone, anyone could get away with anything. I mean, you know, there's no, there's no such thing as contact within five yards. And it was just, it was just a bloodbath, you know, left and right. And, you know, we had CT, CT was basically a non-existent concept at that point. Um, you know, obviously, you know, lots of different quarterbacks from that era, such as Jim McMahon, right. You know, struggles with, you know, Alzheimer's and dementia, right. Um, so ultimately, you know, they've, they've obviously changed the game to make it safer for the quarterback, you know, protecting the star, protecting the investment, Tom Brady being the face of the NFL, you know, been the face of the NFL for some time. Right. I mean, it makes sense, yeah. but I mean, I just thought that call was one of the worst calls I've seen all year. It's one of the softest calls I've seen all years. Um, and I watched Tom Brady on YouTube talk about defense and he said the way that, and the way that, you know, defense is being, being coached now because of the rule change. It's basically it's almost like giving a pass to quarterbacks and offensive players to play bad defense because did you did you watch Monday Night Football last night? Oh yeah, the no, Monday Night Football. Yeah. Did you <laughs> yeah. see? Did you see the last sack on Matthew Stafford? You talking about you talking about last? Oh sorry, Monday Night Football last night. No, week, no, yeah. my bad, my my bad. Did you, did you watch Sunday Night Football last night with with uh, with Ma Jackson and Joe Burrow? Right. Did you see how? No, it wasn't that game. It had to be. No, it was the Dallas Cowboys game. Yeah. Against Los Angeles. Yeah. Did you see how Matthew Stafford took a hit from oh Jalen Ramsey? Yeah. How Jalen Ramsey just like kind of just like hugged him and like pushed him down? No, Jalen Ramsey is, is on the Rams. I think you're talking about uh, what's his name? Micah Parsons. <laughs> Micah Parsons, yeah. No, it was it was it was Jalen Ramsey. Jalen no, Ramsey's Joe, No, Jalen Ramsey's on the Rams with, with yeah. Matt Stafford. Yeah. Matt Stafford's Jaylen, on the Rams. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm talking about uh, Cooper Rush, sorry. Cooper Rush, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. I just, my brain got jumbled for a second. No, you're good. 
Cooper Rush got sacked by Jalen Ramsey on a on a on a what we used to call an uh, ice. Yeah. And ice is for for those non-football people in most playbooks, ice is a cornerback uh, blitz. It's where the cornerback lines up as a cornerback and sends it towards the quarterback to try and blitz him and, yeah. and, and sack him. It doesn't usually work, <laughs> but what it does <laughs> is move the quarterback out of the pocket. If you have a less mobile quarterback and he's moved out of the pocket, he's he might make a bad pass or you force him into someone else that's trying to sack him because 100%. the defensive line knows what's happening. The offense doesn't. And the defensive line is shifting while the offense is pass blocking. So you have, and like, like you basically send an extra guy to, to cause disruption. Except Cooper Rush didn't see Jalen Ramsey coming from the back. And Jalen Ramsey just kind of like folded him over a little bit, but didn't really like hit him that hard. When we were growing up, and even when, you know, when, when we learned how to play football, that was, he, Cooper Rush would be in the hospital with back injuries right now. Hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, he'd be, in, he'd be in the hospital with back injuries right now. Yeah. And do I think that playing softer football is good? Yes and no. I think that laying out defenseless receivers is a bad thing. But I also think that when you lay out defensive defenseless receivers, they don't try to do some of the crazy things that the receivers of today do. I think that when you allow defenders to jam receivers, I think that you're teaching you're teaching good defense. I think that chop blocking is probably the dumbest thing in the world, but it it serves its purpose. I just couldn't see myself diving at somebody's knees for the sole purpose of one play. But it served its purpose when football was football. So yeah, some rule changes are great. Some rule changes are bad. Do I think that the slam is good for removing from football? Absolutely. Do I think that the 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 I call it the uh, the alligator roll is good for football? No, I think the alligator roll sucks. Stop doing it. You're tearing people's ACLs. You're tearing MCLs. You're ripping apart people's Achilles. I, I, I as, as some of you might know, after my championship game in Denver earlier this year, I got hurt really bad from a guy that was that literally grabbed my my leg, could not force me to the ground. No whistle was blown. I'm still chopping my feet, and he's holding on for dear life. A grown man is holding on for dear life on one leg, and he just starts spinning while he's being dragged. He didn't let me go. He just started spinning. To the point of where we're locked up like pretzels. I'm still standing on my other foot. I ended up with uh, with a with a, uh, with a fracture and a bunch of messed up ligaments that took a long time to heal. That I still have issues with sometimes, and that was over six months ago. I'm just glad I didn't need any surgery. And the funny thing about it is the the doctor that I had, you know, the uh, orthopedic surgeon told me that she would have put me in a cast if she would have seen the MRI results immediately instead of what the x-ray showed. The x-ray just, just didn't show too much damage, but the MRI showed everything. And I, I just got to say, playing bad defense because of the rule changes is worse 
than playing regular defense. Because that guy would have went to hit me, hit me, then I probably would have been fine today. I probably would have been fine then. And I played on it afterwards, you know, huge mistake of mine. But I'm a player, man. That's what we do. 100%. I mean, you know, obviously, like, you know, at the at the minor league level, semi-pro as well as kind of arena level, you know, I mean, it's a lot less regulated. Um, you know, I remember in a game when I was with the Chicago Falcons and, um, you know, it was, uh, I think, uh, yeah, it was April, yeah, four years ago. Damn. <laughs> Time flies. Yeah. I mean, uh, so basically, you know, I mean, the, you know, I mean, the play, um, it was basically just like a blocking play. Um, and obviously like, you know, a running back leak, leak, you know, and he basically, you know, got around the edge, you know, of, of the line, basically, you know, went up the field, you know, basically up the sideline. And basically the, the I want to say it was a safety, right? Someone basically came to help, right? And because uh, he basically beat out, you know, any 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 type of nickel or dime was trying to, you know, get kind of recover and gather, right? Make the make the play. And uh basically he the 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 safety just, you know, he wasn't he wasn't he he made a business decision not to try to tackle 275 275 pound fullback. <laughs> you know, you we just made a decision to basically go, you know, and uh go at the knees, chop off. And essentially, you know, my coach was screaming, Coach Rob, who's been a guest on the show, right? That was outlawed in the 90s. That was outlawed in the 90s, right? Um, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, it's a lot more dangerous, you know, at you know at, at the non-kind of, you know, Premier League level in the NFL. You know, when you're playing, obviously, like, you know, and like you said, non-football people may not appreciate this. Um, you know, if you're not, obviously, if you're only here for the NFL, then I get it, you know. But I think it's really important to note that, you know, obviously – you know, there's, there's nuances and differences, you know, between the game, right? Like, for example, if you see the USFL, when they sack the quarterback, the quarterback is basically getting hit like anyone would get hit in the 80s or 90s in the NFL. When you're watching the, you know, when you watch the AF, which you which no longer exists, right? Or you watch the AFL, same thing, right? Indoor, less space, you know, and the hitting that barricade. You're getting hurts. rocked, man. You're getting rocked. Yeah, FCF, right? All that, right? I mean, you're getting rocked because it's not just you and the man. You're basically you, the man, the barricade, <laughs> you know, and the weight of you, of your body, as well as 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 whoever is colliding with you against that barricade, multiplies the impact, right? So I'm going to say mean, this, and I'm going to mean this. Yeah. And I'm not trying to, you know, isolate. And you might want to clip this part, but I'm not going to. I'm not trying to isolate you guys when we say anything like this, but I'm going to make it very plain and clear to you. This football lifestyle is not about money to 95% of these football players out here. They are not stepping on the field worried about their million-dollar paychecks. They're not stepping on the field being just worried about their contracts. They're not, like, football movies do not do justice to what these guys really care about. When you line up on that football field, your only thought is, I have to do my job and I have to beat the guy in front of me. That's it. The money is, you're not thinking about going to work next week. You're not thinking about that. And most of them don't even look at it as a job. That's why NFL players get in trouble. They started playing football because it's fun. When we coach children, and I'm a certified USA football coach. I have been certified since 2016 to coach the sport of football. That is a legal license to coach the sport of football anywhere I so please. I can, I could, it's not happening, but I could get a call tomorrow 
from the Chicago Bears and say, we want you to come and coach. And I have coaching certification to back it up. Yeah, I'm not a guy that's coaching a peewee football team with no experience and no and and no uh, and no learning behind it. We go to an entire football university, all coaches that are certified coaches in the sport of football from the, from the NFL all the way down to Pop Warner football are certified coaches. It is not legal to coach football. That's how the sport has progressed. It is no longer legal to coach football without certification. I'll, I'll, I'll get my lanyard out and show you guys what this looks like. Oh, we busting out the receipt. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not talking on my butthole, you know. No, I absolutely to, not. Keeping the receipt, baby. <laughs> I got I to gotta show why it's important that people understand what this thing really is. And this real monster, this three-headed monster, as we call it, this, this monster exists. Yes, sir. This is not, this is not like, it's no longer, oh yeah, my kid, my kid likes to play football, so I'm going to go out there and coach my kid. It didn't like that anymore. It used to be that way, and it caused a lot of problems. So let me just go ahead, pull out the old, the old trusty, and as soon as I pull that thing out, I'm going to show you guys what this packet looks like. That's the grid life. All I do is find my football one, and we'll be good. Yeah, bro, you need you need credentials, as they're, as they're called, credentials to do just about anything in a sports world today. And and I, I get well, don't tell me I have it buried somewhere. Yeah, I got it buried somewhere. It actually might be in my bag because I always take it with me when we go to the events and when we go to play. While so you're doing that, let me also just kind of run through some scores over the weekend. Um, one second, everybody. I'm going to go ahead and recap my pick for the weekend because I think I had not as good as a week as last week where I went 13-3. and three. But I do think uh, – let me see. I think I think I still have – I'm still well over 500 ESPN pick So let's go ahead and pull this up. Fancy, I'm probably going to take an L. Might split in both my leagues. We'll see. Let's go ahead and pull up ESPN pick to go over my picks once again. All right. Okay, so week five, here we are. So I incorrectly picked the Broncos over the Colts. I incorrectly picked the Packers over the Giants. Correctly picked the Bills over the Steelers, 30-3. to Chargers over the Browns, 30-28. to Vikings over the Bears, 29-22. Incorrectly picked the Vikings over the Patriots, who lost 29-0. to Correctly picked the Saints, 39-32. to um, Incorrectly picked the Dolphins over the Jets, who lost 40-17. to and correctly picked the Falcons, who lost 15-21. But in my view, they should have won that game, you know, because that call is the most bogus bullshit call I've ever seen. <laughs> Incorrect, correctly picked the Titans, 21-17 over the Commanders. Very good game. Um, incorrectly picked the Jaguars over the Texans, who lost 13-6. Correctly picked my Niners over the Panthers. Again, you know, walloping finished, nine, uh, 37-15. Incorrectly picked the Rams over the Cowboys, 10-22. Correctly picked the Eagles, 2017, the last undefeated team in the NFL. Correctly picked the Bravens over the Bengals, 1917. And it looks like right now the Raiders are up on the Chiefs, 7-0. So my my pick might be incorrect there. So ultimately for this week, I have gone 8-7, and seven, and I'm 40-30 and 30 overall, the 98.8 percentile and the 10,000 ranking um, in ESPN uh, picks and pick them. So, all right, Cortez is back. Let's see what you got. <laughs> yeah, in order to save some time, yeah, in order to save some time, I got to find that thing. Let me see if yeah. it's up here. 
not up here. Uh, in order to save some time, you guys are going to have to tune in to the next episode that, that I do with him to see yes, it. But, and I'll have it ready for you the next time. But, um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm of the mindset that within this sport, we have to get a couple things straight. And that's the people out there play this sport because they love this sport. Not all of them, but the majority of them play this sport because they love this sport. And, you know, last thing before we shift the gears on this, I'm going to say this. Support your local minor league football teams, whether it's the AFL, whether it's any of the various minor league league uh, games in the divisions that they have. Support them. Go to these games. The average player is a college football player. And the above average player has NFL experience, arena football experience, D1 experience in college. Go support these guys. Some of them are just trying to finish their careers out and have a good time. Some of them are really trying to get back to, to a better place. And then there are a lot that are just trying to make it overseas. And the way to do that is because they get support. It's really difficult to, to, to go out there and put on a show for everyone and either no one's recognizing it or the money is not there because you have to give up your blood, sweat, and tears to do this. You have to. You'll be surprised with the quality of some of the games that you go and see. And I'm going to tell you right now, when every, when every time somebody tells me, oh, this high school football team would beat that semi-pro team or that, 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 uh, that, that minor league football team, that's a major football team, that's not true. Let me explain this the best way that I possibly can, and it'll make sense this way. I know we got to talk about wrestling for the next 15, um, and then we're going to go enjoy some Monday Night Football. But Alabama is a D1 college with D1 recruits. They came from high school, or they walked on, which is the most improbable way to walk on to to a football team, especially Alabama. But not everybody from Alabama gets drafted to the NFL. Every single player that's on the Jacksonville Jaguars got chosen or drafted to play football. They went to combines. They tried out. They made it. Every single last one of them. So the the guys on Alabama – a lot of them are great. A lot of them are going in, in, in the, you know, first five to six rounds. Not all of them. Not every guy at Alabama is getting in the NFL, no matter how hard he tries. So you, so if you say that Alabama can beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're an idiot. You don't know sports. If you say they can beat the Jets, you're just dumb. Almost every starting quarterback in the league was a Heisman candidate. Almost every single one of them. If not won it, half of them won the Heisman. They're not beating these guys. So go out there, support your guys that are playing minor league football. Support the AFL. Support the USFL when it returns. Support the XFL when it returns. Enjoy football. There's more 
there's more than 32 qualified teams to play the sport. There's just not enough space. That's why you're watching guys that are 25 and retiring at 28. They're trying to say it's concussions, blah, 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 blah. It's not. It's, it's, literally, it's literally because there's 32 teams that play football that you guys watch. The XFL is not going under because the quality of play is bad. It's going under because the money is not there. The AAFE or AAFL went under because the money wasn't there. That's it. Go grab your kids. Go sit down. Pay five bucks to watch a game. Those guys are pros. And if you if you have a league by you that they're not that good in, then you don't go watch it. But go watch the leagues. Go watch the games of the people that are good. So, yeah, I'm plugging. I'm playing in Vegas November 19th at Sierra Vista High for Team USA. Come and watch me play. I will sign all of the autographs. Take all the pictures. You don't have to donate any money towards any campaigns. Just come watch me play and pack the stadium. That's all I'm asking. Don't know how many more of these I got left in me, but I want to see everybody there. 100%. You know, I think it's a perfect kind of, you know, exclamation point because, you know, if you think about it, Terrell Owens is 48, almost 49 years old, playing the FCF, you know. And he, the FCF. he runs a 4-4 four, four still. And, you know, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, to your point, and obviously for your credentials, Cortez, you don't got to cite them on this show because, you know, we already have NFL coaches who have been on this platform. So <laughs> you're good there, all right? Your coach credentials are good, baby. Thanks. But, you know, I think ultimately, you know, to your point, you know, the a, the XFL, right, which is now coming back under the Rocks ownership, the AFL going bankrupt three years ago, the 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 a, uh, um, the AF as well, right? Now yep. we have the CIF, you know, you know, your, your coach, right? NFL friend of the show, Gabe Martinez, right? He's over there. He's also, he's also now coaching over the Estrada Steelers, right? We also Might got go the IFL, right? Right? You know, I mean, he's going to be there in Vegas, right? So, I mean, these these are things that, you know, I mean, you're right. I mean, for anyone who just loves sport football, not just in the NFL, feel free to go ahead and watch it and uh, go ahead and support your local teams. And, you know, you might, you never know. I mean, you might, you might get something out of it. You know, five, ten dollars a game is You enough. will have fun. You will have fun watching this game. You will have fun. You will have fun. You will have fun. And that's the thing. The, the football, the, the sport of football is supposed to be fun. 100%. Minor league, minor league baseball games are supposed to be fun. Where do you so, think your pros come from? Your pros just aren't pros. And I hate to say it, but like half the problem that you guys have is that you watch college football without realizing that these guys are risking their lives to not get paid. Yeah. Well, they're just trying to make it to the NFL so they can get paid. Most of those guys aren't making it. Yeah. They're not. And the ones that want to keep playing because they love the sport, like me, like you, we're going to keep playing. Yeah. Well, like you, not me. <laughs> I'm done playing. <laughs> you know, I don't but blame yeah. you, man. I don't blame you at all. I don't blame yeah. you one bit. You know 100%. what I mean? I, I'm sure if I'm sure like not disclosing anything, but I'm sure like if your body felt like it could still go, you would still go. 100%. Yeah. I feel great. I feel great. But, you know, obviously, you know, football is a young man's sport. 
<laughs> and ultimately, you know, yeah. depend, you know, I mean, it's up to you if you want to keep going, you know, your body will tell you when you're ready to go. I mean, we have Tom Brady now, so I can't really make any excuses, but everyone has their own kind of, you know, the journey. And to your point, obviously, the XFL, you know, passing yards leader, we got to see some of that on display yesterday my, against my Niners with P.J. Walker um, late in the fourth quarter. You know, he didn't, he didn't, really, he didn't really get too much of an opportunity to kind of, you know, play. Um, but I'm hoping now, you know, um, that he'll be able to get some more playing. He had, yeah, he was five of six for a 60 yards. And, uh, yeah, 108, 108.3 passer rating. So keep that in mind, folks. XFL coming back, you know, the, the semi-pro teams, like there were guys who, like guests of the show, Darius Prince, who used semi-pro as a vehicle to get into the AFL, won Arena Bowl MVP with the Philadelphia Soul five years ago. Then he got on the NFP Eagles practice squad. So you never know who you're supporting. You never know who you're going to watch. So, you know, definitely make sure if that, you if know. If it wasn't for semi-pro football, I never would have been able to have another chance to play pro football. 100%. Me too. You know, if 100%. I was, if I was, if I knew about semi-pro football at 22, I would have been, I would have, I probably would have landed at, at a, on another team Yeah. as a full-time player, not a practice squad guy, you know, not a guy that comes in every spring and, you know, gives work to the big guys. I probably would have had a much greater career had I known about it. Teach your kids how these sports really work. Don't make them think that the NFL is the only thing they can do. And that's all I got uh, at this time for it. I know we got we got another segment. Yes, we do. But before we do that, before we pivot, let's stay in the NFL. Philadelphia Eagles, 5-0. and um, Jalen Hurts is everyone's MVP candidate right now. Um, I'm looking forward. I mean, the Cardinals almost beat them yesterday. So, I mean, I mean, the, the, this team is definitely a great team. Um, but, you know, obviously NFC East, which everyone thought was going to be a joke of a division. Eagles 5-0, Dallas 4-1, Giants 4-1. The only team that's below 500 is the Commanders. So it's a really interesting season to your earlier point to kind of open up the show. now. And also before we pivot, let's go to week six picks. So let's start off. Washington Commanders at your Chicago Bears. Who are we going Bears. with? Bears. Bears. 57% America. Not- they might not have a. They might not have the uh, the wide receiver core, but they have enough to beat the Washington Commanders. Fifty percent, fifty-seven percent of America picks the Bears. I'm picking the Bears. All right, let's go next. My Niners, the Atlanta Falcons. Niners. Niners. Yep. Ninety percent of America picks the Niners. Next up, New England Patriots at Cleveland Browns. You know what? I, I think that this this young kid is is got some 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 moxie. I'm going with the Patriots. Going to pay 51% of America picks the Patriots. I'm picking the Browns. Um, we'll see what you go for second do, but you know, they're gonna have to play a lot better than they did yesterday. That's for sure. Um, next up, New York Jets at Green Bay Packers. Uh, as much as I hate to say this, I'm gonna go with the Packers. They yeah, don't, they don't usually lose two in a row. <laughs> yeah, 91% of America agrees with you. Uh, moving on, Jacksonville Jaguars, the Indianapolis Colts, AFC South divisional matchup. You know what, Trevor Lawrence, man, I'm going, I'm going to Jacksonville Jaguars. Wow, 38% of America agrees with you. I, I, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Jaguars. Matt Ryan's looked kind of, you know, shot this year. I've talked about this on our podcast. Just circle back to you with Jason Wilson. I'm going to be on that tomorrow. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going, I'm going with the Jaguars. Minnesota Vikings at Miami Dolphins. Minnesota. Minnesota. Teddy Bridgewater's injured. So yep. Teddy Bridgewater's injured. So is Tua Tagovailoa. Yes, sir. Minnesota, 61% of America agrees with Minnesota, so we're good. We're good there. Cincinnati Bengals at the New Orleans Saints. Saints, baby. Oh, yeah, I'm going with the, I'm going with the Bengals. 83% of America picks the Bengals. Um, yeah, I'm not sure why the Saints are, are, are so heavily uh, not favored by, by the popular vote. 
We'll it's, see. it's because Jameis Winston, they don't believe in Jameis, but I believe in Jameis. All right, let's see. Baltimore Ravens at the New York Giants. Ravens. Ravens, me too. 80% of America agrees with us. Second to last one, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, no, sorry, not second to last one, but Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, Brady's going to put up 50. 50. Yeah. 50, 50 on Pittsburgh. 50, 50 piece. Yep. 94% of America picks the Bucks. Carolina Panthers at the LA Rams. Rams going to put up 65. 97% of America agrees with you. Uh, well, not necessarily for the spread, but the pick. Uh, eight, a lot. Nextly, uh, no, they're, they're not really putting up 65. I'm just, I'm just, you know, disres- <laughs> no. I'm disrespecting them, is what I'm doing. Yes, sir. Uh, next up, Arizona Cardinals at the Seattle Seahawks. Cardinals. Me too. 74% of America agrees with us. Next up, Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. Bills. Bills. 62% of America agrees with us. It's going to be a great game. Next up, Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles. Dallas Cowboys at Philadelphia Eagles. Mm -hmm. Eagles, baby. Fly, Eagles, fly on the road to victory. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. 74% of America picks the Eagles, so let's go. Lastly, Denver Broncos at the Los Angeles Chargers. I think I know who we're picking. <laughs> I like Justin Herbert. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 90% of America agrees with us. Those are our picks for week six. You heard it here, folks. 48 and 30. Uh, if, the, if the Raiders win, I'll be 48 and 31. I don't really care. I'm, 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 still, I'm still winning, baby. All right, now let's pivot on to the WWE event of the weekend, Extreme Rules. All right. So the show was basically full of different types of narratives and matches as, as expected for any type of, you know, pay-per-view production. But let's just go ahead. Let me just go through the results before we kind of recap everything. Um, I apologize, folks. Let me pull this up real quick. All right, here we are. All right. So. The Brawling Brutes, Sheamus, Ridge, Holland, Butch defeated Imperium, Gunter, Ludwig, Kaiser, and Giovanni Vinci via, via pinfall in a six-man tag team. Good old-fashioned Donnie Brook match. Ronda Rousey defeated Liv Morgan to, to win the, the WWE SmackDown's Women's Championship in a technical submission, or Extreme Rules match, rather, but she defeated by a technical submission. Karrion Cross with Scarlett defeated Drew McIntyre by pinfall in a strap match. Bianca Belair as the Raw Women's Champion defeated Bailey in a ladder match. Finn Balor defeated Edge in an I quit match. And last but not least, the main event, Matt Riddle defeated Seth Freakin Rollins via submission in a five pit match uh, with Daniel Cormier serving as special guest referee. So let's start off, you know, with the kind of what was your initial take and you got anything you want to kind of, you know, lead off with, um, you know? I'm going to start off with the bad. Imperium, great. The Brawling Brutes, great. I'm bored of this match, though. <laughs> I've seen this match seven times in the last month. It's literally just Sheamus versus Gunter. Give me a payoff. There was no titles involved. Give me a payoff. We've seen bar fights. We've seen... Uh, beer brawls, we've seen handicap matches, we've seen uh, strap matches, we've seen all these matches between these two groups. You got, I'm calling him Pete Dunn. Fuck a butch. (laughs) 
can I have a different match? Do something with them. It doesn't, first of all, you brought back Imperium without giving us a story for them. So they're just, you don't, you, you still haven't given Gunther a real story. Right. He's just a big guy who can work. You keep on throwing out Kaiser to get beat up by either Sheamus or one of Sheamus's lackeys, Rich Holland or, you know, Pete Dunne. Why can I not have a payoff to this match? That's the one thing the Attitude Era did right. They had payoffs and they moved on. Where where are my random matches that I love so much from the Attitude Era? I loved a match where I'd have Shawn Michaels versus like a Sean Stasiak or a Shawn Michaels versus like a Steve Blackman or Ken Shamrock battling everyone. I need that to be invested in this product. I cannot be invested in a product when wins and losses, number one, don't matter. I can't be invested in the product when I have the same six guys fighting over and over and over again with no payoffs. Who's really better? We don't know because Pete Dunne will beat, uh, will beat one of the Imperium and then one of the Imperium will come back and beat Pete Dunne. And then the week afterwards, Pete Dunne will win again. And then Sheamus will broke kick somebody and they'll stand tall in the middle of the ring and then SmackDown goes off air. <laughs> Great. Awesome show. Yeah. What did you accomplish though? I don't know. Because I guarantee you they're gonna fight again on, on Friday. The the, the when's the last time the Intercontinental title got truly defended? Right. Was it the last pay-per-view before this one? I think so, yeah. It was uh kind of Clash of the Castle. Yeah. That wasn't even a real pay-per-view. Yeah. I apologize. World Collide was a pay-per-view. Was it NXT or NXT? No, 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 no. Sorry. Go back to yep. Clash of the Castle. It was, yep. It was Gunther defeated Sheamus for the Intercontinental Championship. If I'm not mistaken, somehow that match got a um, got a uh, five-star match by Dave Meltzer. It was a great end. That should have stopped it right then and there. Yeah. That was an excellent match. That was an excellent match. We didn't need to see it again. Not this soon. If you want to see it again, build to it to WrestleMania. Yeah. And have Sheamus win. Because Sheamus losing all the time in the big match is not good for anybody. It's not good for, for Walter Guther. It's not good for him. It's not good for the Brawling Brutes. It's not good for Sheamus. Sheamus is just a big Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Or, 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 or a big Chad Gable. You know, you know, we admire this man so much. His name is Kurt Angle. Because Kurt Angle was given lemons by the company, and he turned that lemon into the finest of Grey Poupon. Kurt Angle made a career of, of people thinking that he sucked. Yeah. 
You didn't give Chad Gable that chance. You're not, you didn't give, you wasted, WWE, fuck you. You wasted Dolph Ziggler's talent. For what? You, you like if you go look at Dolph Ziggler's record when he's when he's enhancing talent. Where are those guys at? What did they do? We're not talking about AJ Styles. We're not talking about the feud he had with Shawn Michaels. We're talking about. Where's the beach team? Where are they at? Oh, unemployed. Which I said that on purpose, so we're going to go back to that later. But please take us to the next match. <laughs> yes, sir. No, but that's a great point because, you know, I mean, the whole kind of, I just want to kind of add my two cents, kind of the whole crux of the whole, um, Seamus and uh, Gunther feud, right, is that Seamus is just missing the IC belt to complete the Grand Slam, right? And essentially, like you said, you know, I mean, and what we've seen is that Seamus is just stacking L's um, and it gets tired, you know? That's what kind of some of the critics of Roman Reigns have said, that, you know, it gets very tired to see, you know, a guy just, just kind of the same thing over and over. And there's not enough compelling, like you said, not enough compelling opponents and competition and kind of variety, to really kind of, you know, get you something to sink your teeth, teeth into, you know? So, yes, like, I'm glad you brought that up. Roman Reigns wasn't even on the fucking show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, like, I got it. Well, he wasn't oh. on the show. I don't think, I don't, I don't think, I don't think any of the bloodline was on the show. No, no one's on the show from the bloodline. The, no the New Day wasn't, wasn't on the show. Nope. And, and what are you doing with them? Nothing. Street Profits, too. Street Profits went on the show. Street Profits weren't on the show. The Viking Raiders weren't on the show. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler hasn't been seen. Bobby Roode hasn't been seen. You have talent on your roster. You have talent on your roster. Where is Shinsuke Nakamura? Where's Alexa Blisk? Where's Asuka? What are we doing? What are we doing? What are, what are we doing? The, the, thing, the thing that AEW does do well is they still let you see all their people. Yeah. But where, where are these talents who should have been there? And I'm, and I'm sorry. There was no Baron Corbin or Madcap Moss. There was no Kevin Owens. Where, where are they? <laughs> we'll see them on Raw tonight. For what? No Omas. No AJ Styles. Where's the rest of the women's division? Like when when you when you have a match and you just like trot out Natty or Tamina Snooker, I'm just like I'm not watching this. 
I'm not. I'm not doing it. You're going to waste 15 minutes of my life so they can pull each other's hair and yell a lot and do their dad's moves. Great. The thing that makes Charlotte Flair intriguing is that she reminds you every day that she's Ric Flair's daughter, but she also reminds you that because she's Ric Flair's daughter, she's great. Yeah. <laughs> Natty don't do that. Right. Tamina don't do that. That's what that's the that's you know women's division in a nutshell. They just don't do it. Yeah. They don't. And yeah. I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on women's matches because I just I wasn't I was thoroughly unimpressed with many of them. Uh, but you know, we just have to kind of you know get through it just because it was part of the event, and you know, so there was some towel, there was a towel change, right, with Ronda Rousey and, and Liv Morgan. But I just feel like the whole kind of and Ronda obviously was was a poster child, right, for the for the event. Um, but I mean, we saw it coming. I mean, I don't know. I thought I saw it coming. I mean, Liv Morgan, the underdog champion, you know, beating Ronda Rousey for the belt, and then Ronda basically, you know, having the size advantage, an extreme rules match, and you know, I mean, that favors the the submission specialist, you know. Obviously, shout out to Ken Shamrock, right? Because, you know, he was actually watching the event SmackDown. You know, I mean, the fans are, you know, on Twitter are basically, you know, hoping that Ken Ken's teasing for a return. And, you know, and I, I've done a podcast about it, you know, individually. I hope that Ken, you know, gets in the Hall of Fame. Maybe Triple H is, you know, you know, turning a new leaf over there. So, you know, we'll see what he does. Um, but ultimately, I mean, the Ronda Rousey, Liv Morgan feud is kind of just stale. I mean, after the second pay-per-view, I, I thought that they could have just, you know, scrapped it. But, like, you know, they're pretty much trying to milk what they can because I think there's no original ideas. So, Is Shayna Baszler injured? I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I would have much rather have seen a Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler match. Oh, my God. Yeah. 100%. And I would have rather have seen that in the fight pit. Yeah. I did not enjoy watching. Aside from like three or four spots, I didn't really enjoy watching Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins either. Right. There's just no real context behind it. Right. You called me stupid. Yeah, because you are. <laughs> you play an idiot. You talked about my family, which I gave no reaction to. Matt Riddle hasn't sold that at all. And Seth keeps going there, but Matt hasn't sold it. He hasn't sold any outrage. Now, it's okay, so everyone hates Shawn Michaels, except me. I love Shawn Michaels. You know why I love Shawn Michaels? Shawn Michaels knew how to sell. Oh, my God. (laughs) The master of the sell. Like, you know, oversell almost, but not. Walked a fine line between overselling, but he knew how to sell just enough to where, you know, you're not thinking he's overselling and you believe it's real. Austin said his two favorite people that he loved to go against because he knew he was going to come out looking like a complete badass were The Rock and Shawn Michaels. Right. Because they were going to sell Oh yeah. his moves. How, no matter how big or how small, they were going to sell. And And I just got to say, if you're not selling the situation that you're in, the ability for me to suspend the belief is over. 
Yeah. And that's what the wrestling business is. It's suspending disbelief. And while the show was great, and this is where I turned my leaf at, I loved the show. It was a good show. But parts of the show were very boring. Yeah. The Miz Philadelphia Flyer thing. Boring. Never do that again. <laughs> this The segments where someone's on the phone. Stop doing it. We know they're not talking to anyone. Stop doing it. The, the Dexter Loomis thing. Stop it. Stop it. Get some help. Hey, has anybody noticed that he looks just like a character that we saw that failed and ruined a legend's career? If you don't believe me, go back after the invasion and look up Diamond Dallas Page stalks The Undertaker. It, It ruined his career. I'm sorry, WWE, stalking, breaking and entering, and harassment are not storylines. Stop doing this. Dexter Loomis playing a good guy stalker. There's no such thing as a good guy stalker. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not even going to give it any more attention. What you got for me, Ali? Yes, sir. No, I totally agree with all those points. And um, yeah, I mean, let's just kind of go over some more of the highlights. Um, well, I guess some of the highlights for me. I thought the Karen Cross and Drew McIntyre match was pretty good uh, because that one, it wasn't so much the match itself. It was just kind of the buildup that we'd seen, you know, for Karen Cross, obviously being released last year, fans thinking that, you know, that WWE dropped the ball and he could obviously become one of the biggest stars now that he's back. And this Drew McIntyre feud was, uh, it was just, it was just obviously just everything built up. And I mean, you know, I was on YouTube and I was also on Twitter today reading other comments from, you know, prominent names, you know, in the industry, you know, I see Ken is one of them. Um, I think, I think it was a good match. I think uh, it was all things considered, you know, and what the expectations, I had low expectations for it, you know, heading into it, you know, but I thought, you know, Karrion Cross and this Drew McIntyre feud is, it's a pretty good one. Um, and having Karrion get the win, you know, proves that Triple H is, is actually investing, you know, in your point, you know, into into the town. You know, I think that's kind of uh, almost like a main event type feud, in my opinion. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, hopefully, you know, we'll see if Karrion and, and the writers can keep this going. Karrion Cross needs to build on his character a little bit more, but he's got it. Yeah. He's got it. The match was good. Um, everyone's going to hate me for saying this, and, you know, I, I honestly don't care. I don't like Drew McIntyre. Why don't you like me, Cortez? You were great as a heel when you came out with Dolph. Your face turn sucks. <laughs> uh, oh, let me win a match. How are you going to win the match? I don't know. I'm going to do a kip up and then announce to the entire stadium in, in loud voices, three, two, one. What is this supposed to be? Is it, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it TNT dropping? Is it an explosion? No, you're... Your 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 move that you're defeating everyone with that we've once again suspended disbelief on is a drop kick to the face. Yeah, that's what the Claymore kick is. It's a drop kick to the face. First of all, 
that's not how claymores work. Claymores don't have a timer unless you add one to it. Claymores are tripped, whether it be through string or through lasers. That's how claymores work. Yeah. So three, two, one, maybe kick them in the face. Doesn't make any sense because you're wasting time on opponents that are going to counter your three, two, one, which yeah. that's what keeps happening to him. Go figure. Someone counters when you yell and put your fingers in the air with me. Three, two. It's stupid. It's stupid. Just kick his freaking face off. You know, my favorite, my favorite, my favorite, absolute favorite setups. And like I said, I like Shawn Michaels. My absolute favorite setups are when Shawn Michaels super kicks you out of nowhere and then sets up for the sweet chin music. You're knocked out. Yeah. He's tuning up the band to kick your face in. Yeah. That those are those that is one of my favorite spots in, in professional wrestling yeah. from the last two decades. The reason why is because it was set up. The surprise sweet chain music slash super kick that Shawn Michaels did, it, it could catch anyone off guard. It's caught people off guard in the UFC. Yeah. People in the UFC have used the sweet chain music before to catch someone off guard because no one sees it coming. So that being said, Drew, drop the sword. It's 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 childish. Drop the sword. You're not gonna cut anybody with the sword. You're not gonna cut anybody in half. If Shinsuke Nakamura walked out with a samurai sword, the internet would be crying all for all types of racial and, and, and cultural appropriation crap that we that we'd have to hear from people who don't know what they're talking about because they don't realize that he's actually Japanese. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Man. And so yeah, I agree with you. I think um, you know. Yeah, the phase turn, you know, I mean, they milked it. Again, it's it's over milking. Yeah, it was shocking to see him win the Royal Rumble two years ago. Shocking to see him beat Lesnar. He's been a phase for what, four years now? Yeah, he's been a phase for, yeah, three, four years. Yeah, you know, going on, almost four, you know. But it's, I mean, it's just they, I feel like that's the problem. The lack of creativity and the over kind of, you know, milking, making it to where it's stale. You know, if that makes sense. Like the characters and the storylines are stale. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's kind of, you know, I mean, I thought Drew and Roman would have been a perfect place if Drew had gotten the win and obviously that Tyson Fury come out and that was pretty cool. I mean, you know, at the end of it, you know, to kind of sing, you know, uh, Miss American Pie, you know, to the crowd, but, um, and Triple H claimed, you know, that it was the most successful kind of pay-per-view they've had in the UK, you know, just by sales. And I, I mean, maybe it was, I don't know, but, um, you know, I think you're right. I think, uh, Drew's just kind of stale. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, and I mean, I kind of like Drew and I just, I'm just, I did like Drew when he came back. Yeah. I believed in Drew when he came back. Yeah. I stopped liking Drew when he turned on Dolph Ziggler for no reason. <laughs> yeah. There was no story behind it. Oh, I just don't like Dolph anymore. Why? This dude's this dude's awesome. He's the best partner you can have on the whole roster. Yeah. And then what do you do? Team with jobbers? What you got next for me? Let's see. Yeah, we talked about the main event. Yeah, the main event. You know, I think it was a good main event. Um, yeah. And uh, actually, no, sorry, let's talk about the I Quit match. I think it was cool seeing Beth Phoenix come back um, for that, you know, to kind of, you know, help out Edge and, you know, all that stuff. And you got to see kind of the Rhea, kind of Beth kind of dynamic. You got to see, you know, Dominic and, you know, kind of, you know, and Dominic's kind of wearing on me, honestly. I don't know why. Um, you know, not necessarily on the wing work, but the heel character is kind of a good fit. I mean, um, 
just because he just fits the mold of almost like a Shane McMahon, kind of like that little snooty motherfucking kid that you want to punch in the face. <laughs> you know, like the, oh my God. I mean, that, you know, I mean, I don't know, like kind of like the Mean Street Posse, right? It's almost like, yeah. that's what I'm, yeah, kind of like, it's almost like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's cool. You know, I think Edge is probably going to take some time off. That was probably on his request. That's why, you know, they had to finish the book the way it was. And, um, yeah, I'm thinking that uh, Dominic as a heel, maybe the heel, hopefully he can develop a little bit more. Because I personally like that. That's just my opinion. I don't I like, like Rhea Ripley. Yeah. I don't like, first of all, Rhea has an awkward look, which is not yeah. bad. Um, I don't think she's bad looking. I just think she has an awkward look that she needs to like, fine tune. Right. I think that like the smug smiling thing is overdone with her. I think that the the I'm just such a badass thing is overdone with her. Yeah. Because you haven't accomplished anything in a, since you won the women's title. Yeah. And you haven't you haven't been a contender since. Like if I was Rhea Ripley and I was in this stable of characters, I would be first of all Judgment Day. Since you brought it up, Judgment Day. What are y'all doing? <laughs> what are y'all doing? Y'all have a great gimmick that you were given. You you brought back Prince Devitt for what? Finn Balor's Prince Devitt. Great work. Uh, but what are you guys doing though? Like you're fighting Edge. You're fighting Rey Mysterio. You you stand to gain nothing. You're not gonna get new fans from fighting Rey Mysterio and Edge. Yeah, they're Hall of Famers, multi-time world champions. Yep, and multiple promotions. Well, for Rey. For Edge, it's been you know WWE success, but that's all he needed. That was the whole show. Multi-generational talents that aren't going anywhere. You don't need to be beefing with guys who don't even want world titles. Yeah. Ray doesn't want the world title because he doesn't need it. Yeah. Edge doesn't want the world title because he doesn't need it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, Judgment Day, all of you need titles. You all need some type of title. Find it. Wait, where was Bobby Lashley on this show? Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm looking at the reviews, you know. Um, Michael Cole's commentary is pretty good in the I Quit match and the Donnybrook match. Um, you know, and uh, but the SmackDown Women's Championship match, like we talked about, you know, it was criticized the weakest and the strap match between Drew McIntyre, you know, and, and I get that. But I like I just I, I think the storyline was it was a good payoff for there. But I mean, I, we also didn't talk about the return of, of Bray Wyatt, you know, for the way that no, I came. thought we were going to save that for last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We say, well, we're now on the last part. <laughs> just like the surprise, right? Here we go. Bailey, Bailey. I'm going to say the same thing to you. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Look, y'all. I might be in the minority here, but Bailey's hot. Yeah. She's a great wrestler. She's a hot human. It's time to drop the Karen Act. You don't need it. 
You don't need to be a Karen. We got the fact that you were pissed off that you were getting passed over for your opportunities. But now you're center stage. You've, you've, you've been center stage for four straight pay-per-view premium live events. Let it go. Add another element to this character. Otherwise, I don't longer want to see that character on TV. Yeah. Your lackeys, one of them doesn't speak English. <laughs> She's a good wrestler, but with five minutes to work every match, who gives a shit? Yeah. And the other one? Awesome. But for what? She doesn't talk either. They don't do nothing but cheer. I'm sorry. Y'all can't stand up against Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka in a three-way. No one's going to believe that. You know why no one's going to believe it? Because all of them are multi-champions. Yeah. Build. Build characters. by and, And stop throwing them against former champions to do so. Build up characters, make them look strong, give them give them real storylines. It doesn't, it's not that hard. AW does it every week. I was about to get there. It's not that hard to give them all their own storylines. Yeah, you might think that the fans can't follow it, but believe me, yes, we can. We watch a million wrestling shows every week. Yeah. Yeah. Bray Wyatt. Great. Good to see you, man. I, I'm only worried about one thing. What are you going to do? We already got a stalker. We already got a guy who doesn't know how to sell. We already got a guy who we he sells, but he's going to win anyway. We talk about you, Roman. There's no point in trying to talk about Brock Lesnar. because Once again, a legend. I, I really hope, I really hope that Bray comes back, and when he comes, and when you know when his when he gets to start doing stuff, they let him do Bray Wyatt stuff. That's it. Let him do Bray Wyatt stuff. Yeah. Let him let him terrorize all the champions, not just Roman. Let him terrorize every champion there is. Let him terrorize people who aren't champions. Let him. Let him let him annoy Kevin Owens. Let him take out Baron Corbin. That's it and that's all. Let him do Bray Wyatt stuff and then that'll be the end of it. Yes, sir. And that's I mean, that's all I got for that. Yes, sir. AEW, MJF, you know, he talked about the no show at double or nothing. Actually, let me read this. He said, Oh my god, this is actually pretty See, I just had it. Now I, I don't know what happened to it. Oh, here we go. Yeah. So he basically said in an interview with Sam Roberts that my company lost $10,000 that day. And I say my company because right now they're employing me for the time being. I did not go because my bark at the time was being a fucking mark. So if you don't want to pay me what I'm worth, daddy does not show up to work. It's that simple. Daddy got the money. Daddy's back. Now me and Tony Khan are best friends. <laughs> When I stayed inside the hotel room, they did a wellness check on me, the AW security. This is a very true story. They tried to break my door down. 
Now, at the time, I had already left. It's real. He literally went to my. We literally went to kick my door down for for an for on for on a wellness check. Now I've understood that there are were some people that really let down or offended. And what I say to you is, I don't care. Get over it. I'm happy now. And if you're a fan of me, then you should be happy too because I'm so rich. MJF will not confirm or deny the story that he bought a plane ticket to leave Las Vegas that weekend. See, 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 see what we need. Okay. You see why why MJF is not a great wrestler, in my opinion. What he is is a great storyteller. Oh my god, yeah. And I just wish that they had some of the same money in production. My my biggest problem with AEW is the production. Not not the company as a production. My the way that it's presented and we the way that we're allowed to consume it. That's that's my biggest problem. Yeah. I think that they need to step their game up just a bit in, in on the producer side of the show. Right. If that happens, awesome. I think that the MJF, uh, the MJF um, uh, ladder match thing was uh, was undercooked. Oh my god! I'm so sorry. We also forgot to cover the battle of the belts that happened on on Friday. Um. I didn't get this. I I can't because I didn't see it. Oh, I'm sorry. You, Oops. Yeah, and if you tell me, you will spoil everything. Okay, so we so, won't get there. Apologies, no, but listeners. It, but if you want, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll come back. If you want, I'll come back on Friday and discuss yep. the rest of this week's. Oh yeah, no, we'll definitely do that. And um, so yeah, I think we can pretty much close it off with um, obviously from the NFL side once again. Niners are three and two leading the NFC West. Um, they play like that, like Randy Cross said, and how Jimmy Garoppolo basically they're played. The they're, they're winning, winning not, the division. They're the winning division. They may be the best team in the NFC. I mean, we'll see. You know, now I'm obviously a homer yeah. and I'm biased in that regard, but I've seen the Niners play firsthand in the NFC Championship game two year, two almost three years ago now, when they won and went and, and went to the Super Bowl, um, which which they were up with eight and a half minutes left to play, right? But obviously, you know, the offense needs to continue playing. They need to continue clicking. Um, you know, the Carolina Panthers isn't really a good litmus test. You know, Grant Cohn, you know, a, a reporter who I don't, I don't necessarily respect him, but, you know, he does have some valuable insights occasionally. He basically said the Niners made a statement win by being the Panthers. So I need to see that momentum, that consistency take place, you know, this week against the Falcons. And obviously the Kansas City Chiefs don't look that good right now. Um, it's second quarter. And let me check the game right now. Last I checked, it was, oh, my God, the Raiders are up 17-0 against the Chiefs with eight and a half left in the second quarter. So Patrick Mahomes is six of 13 for 56 yards. I mean, Marquez Valdez-Gangs on my fantasy team. He's a leading receiver with only 29 yards. I mean, then Devontae Adams is also on my fantasy team. He already has a touchdown. Josh Jacobs on my fantasy team. He had, he had a touchdown. So, you know, this this Kansas City team, I'm not saying they're they're completely beatable this season, but this is the season to take advantage. So if Niners want to be taken seriously, I believe they need to win out for the rest of October. And, you know, you're going to be back on before that, you know, but I'm just to make that known right now. Um, you know, that's just my standard, you know, because, you know, we got to see that with that team, you know, back in 2019. Um, we got to see it with the team in 2012. They're six and two. If this team wins out in October, then they're six and two um, heading into the bye week. So, you know, I mean, th- that would be a pretty good spot to be in, um, you know, because their main schedule does get, I mean, it's not necessarily getting easier, but I mean, it's, it's much more favorable after the bye week. Um, the only teams which I have question marks about are basically maybe the char- maybe the Chargers, not so much. Maybe because, I mean, they played really well yesterday, but also kind of the Buccaneers because they're going to come to town 
but Tom Brady, you know, I mean, like you said, he's he's still Tom Brady, so you know, he's still Tom Brady. There's no telling what's Tom... going to happen. Yeah, and so yeah. you know, yeah, so we'll see what happens. I'm more to worry about some of the other players on this team than him. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll see how that you know shapes out. But yeah, no, that's pretty much it. Um, we'll, we'll playing... know. We'll know, and I think you can agree with this. We'll know in three weeks how the rest of the NFC is going to shape up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're going to know exactly if the Eagles can can stay undefeated. We're going to know if Green Bay is – is, and like we said, you know, like I agree with, you know, like Colin Carroll said today on the show, they're not a good team. They're just not good. I mean, without Devontae Adams. No, no. You know, as, it, as it gets colder, we're going to start to see a lot of things change. Yeah. I, I know that there's about five to six teams that won't have any issues with it. Right. But there are about five to six teams who are going to have a lot of problems with it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And that'll change the landscape of football. I think give us three weeks. Give us three weeks to like, but what is it, six teams that make the playoffs? Yeah. I know seven. Seven. I'm going to say early NFC picks, we're going to go, we're going to go Chicago, Green Bay. Hmm. No, no, no. I'm going to go Chicago, Minnesota, Mm -hmm. San Francisco. Dallas, Philadelphia, and I'd, I'd struggle. Los Angeles, they'll come back, and the last team will be a toss-up. It'd be a surprise. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be Tampa Bay, not Los Angeles. And um, Oh, my bad, my bad, Tampa. I forgot about them. That's just yeah. a given. It'll be yeah, yeah. <laughs> AFC, yeah. AFC is harder for me because, as you guys are well aware of, I'm in the Midwest. We don't get the most AFC games. Um, but I'd say my AFC teams are gonna be pretty simple. It's gonna be the Chargers. It'll be it'll it'll and I, I honestly, if they keep playing well, the Patriots will be there. Yeah. Um I, I don't think the Raiders are gonna be there. I really don't. I think Kansas City will be there. I think um now see, man, AFC is a lot harder, bro. Yeah, it really is. The because the AFC is, is much harder. more stacked. It's much more stacked, in my opinion. It is. I mean, I've said numerous times on this show, um, the the stacked at QB. You know, I mean, it's basically Baltimore. The, yeah, Baltimore, right? Baltimore, Baltimore will definitely be there. They don't have anybody stopping them. Yeah. No, I apologize. I didn't say on this show. I said on Circle Back Two podcast, which I'm going to be on tomorrow with Jason Wilson, my guy who's a guest of this show. Um, you know, and, and you know, it's funny you mentioned Baltimore. Like I said, my college coach Keith Williams also guest of the show. You know, he was on, you know, back basically, you know, almost two years ago. Um, you know, he's the passing in coordinator there. And um, you know, Baltimore is leading the division. They had statement win yesterday against Cincinnati to take the lead in the AFC North. And yeah, Lamar Jackson's playing like an MVP right now. Ten touchdowns through five games. Um, you know, he's on pace to basically throw for what? I'm thinking like almost 35, 40, maybe 50. I mean, I mean, you know. So, I mean, you know, I think – and the, the really interesting thing about Lamar Jackson's development in the passing game um, is that he's he's winning from the pocket, you know, where people thought they wrote him off as a running back, right? So, I mean, you got Lamar Jackson, you got Patrick Mahomes, you got I – mean, even though they're losing right now, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is still an animal and the beast you got to deal with. You got Josh Allen, you know, you still got Joe Burrow, even though they lost yesterday. You know, you still have a lot of good young teams and, and, and a lot of great quarterbacks in the AFC, you know, kind of on the come up and who are already kind of established as, you know, the face of the now and the future. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's a lot more difficult to call, in my opinion, too. Um, I do think Buffalo is a given. Um, I think Baltimore is oh, probably Buffalo's, given. Buffalo is 100% in there. Yeah. B- Baltimore is 100% in there. Yeah. Kansas City is 100% in there. Oh, yeah. 
You know, barring an injury to like their starting quarterback is 100% in there. Right. Chargers, 100% in there. These are not these are not teams that are going to struggle down the line. Yeah. Cincinnati, Joe, I'm talking to you, man. You know I <laughs> love you some Joe Burrow. I love me some Joe Burrow. I'm looking for somebody to replace Tom in my eyes. Yes, sir. And I'm, I'm not saying you can't do it, Lamar. I'm just saying that you're Lamar Jackson. You don't have to be like Tom. Yeah. And I stress that. Stop throwing the ball. You don't have to. Because <laughs> you're costing me points in fantasy football. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, but baby. Kiss stop throwing the ball where you don't have to. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's all I got, man. We can revisit it, you know, see where we get what we got. You know, I'm sure you'll go over it and let me know what we picked. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So once again, to close out this episode, I'm going to recap our week five picks. Sorry, week six picks for all of our viewers. One moment, folks. Let me pull this up. So we have in week six of the NFL season, the Bears over the Commanders, the 49ers over the Falcons, the Browns over the Patriots, the Packers over the Jets, the Jaguars over the Colts, the Vikings over the Dolphins, the Bengals over the Saints, the Ravens over the Giants, the Bucks over the Steelers, the Rams over the Panthers, the Cardinals over the Seahawks, the Bills over the Chiefs, the Eagles over the Cowboys, and the Chargers over the Broncos. Close out week five, sorry, week six uh, coming up. Uh, my co-host Cortez, thank you so much for your time today. Um, and we can't, we'll, we'll catch you on next one, brother. Most definitely. All right.